Welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast, and welcome to our 2023 Summer Short Series. The aim of this series is to bring you bite-sized episodes covering different papers members of the team at the Centre for Appearance Research have published recently. My name's Nadia, and I'm here today with Professor Philippa Deirdrix. So, Philippa, tell me what paper we're talking about today. So this is a paper um, that was published earlier this year in March in the journal Body Image um, by myself and the lead author was Jasmine Fardouli, um, who's based in Sydney, Australia, alongside Amy Slater and Jade Parnell and myself from the Centre for Appearance Research. And the title of the paper is Can Following Body Positive or Appearance Neutral Facebook Pages Improve Young Women's Body Image and Mood Testing Novel Social Media Micro-Interventions? Nice. And so can you say a little bit more about the study research questions and talk us through the research design? Yeah. So essentially we were really, we see a lot of research looking at all the bad sides of social media. And we were really interested in looking at, can we um, measure some potential positive impacts of social media? And in particular, the benefits potentially of body positive content. Um, because we know compared to traditional media, social media has offered an avenue for people who wouldn't have otherwise had a platform to be able to talk about topics related to body image, but also potentially to show a diverse range of body sizes and shapes. So we were really interested to know something really like kind of simple, what we would call low dose or a micro intervention, which is a bite-sized or small intervention that people can receive as they go about their everyday lives. And what we were really interested in was finding out if we were to expose young women to body positive Facebook content just amongst their normal Facebook feed, could this actually be an intervention to improve their body image? So what we did is we took body positive um, Facebook posts and we did, it was kind of a very rigorous and methodical approach, but too much detail for this. But essentially we went on to some pages that are really popular for body positive content, over 5,000 followers, um, and had authentic BOPO content, not some of the problematic content that sometimes come up under that hashtag. Um, and then the posts were things like body diversity, body acceptance, body activism, challenging diet culture, um, and also addressing appearance-based prejudice and stigma. That was one condition. Then mm-hmm. we wanted to compare what it would be like to see those posts to an appearance neutral condition. So this was content that didn't talk about body image or appearance. It was posts from um, pages like BBC Culture, National Geographic, BuzzFeed, and another one called Science Dump. And then we compared it to people who didn't see anything at all and they just completed our measures. And essentially what we did is we drip fed this content um, into people's feeds. So they were randomly assigned to one of those three conditions. Um, And we posted three times a day. So in the first thing in the morning at around 7 a.m., 12 noon around their lunch break, and then 6 p.m. around when they'd finished work or study. And we did that for 14 days and we measured their body image before, after that 14 days and uh, four weeks after that. Awesome. Thank you so much. So super clear on the body positive content you showed participants. I wonder if you could say a little bit more about the appearance neutral content. I know you said the images were from National Geographic and such, but were the images of people or no? Like, what were they? Uh, it was a mixture. So the the appearance neutral content, sometimes it might have just been pictures of landscapes or some oh, kind of image that was, you know, posted next to a scientific finding. Some of the images um, did include people and it was a mixture of genders, body shapes and sizes, and they weren't really idealized images. In the BOPO content, some of them contained um, images of people and they tended to, um, the majority of the people were like in more 
um, diverse body shapes and sizes and appearance than what you would traditionally see in mainstream media. But then there were some people who, you know, were thin, white, and like, you know, what we would normally see. But it was really, in addition to overall across the two weeks, they would have seen more diversity in those posts, Mm -hmm. but also messages um, in alignment with those themes that I spoke about. Got it. Thank you so much. So onto the juicy bit, what were the results? So what we found was, was really interesting. So we measured a couple of different things. We measured two aspects of body image, body dissatisfaction, as well as body appreciation. Um, And then we also looked at negative mood, self-objectification, and as well as body activism, whether it would encourage them to actually take actions. And what we found um, was that the people who saw the body positive content or the appearance neutral content had reduced body dissatisfaction after that two week period. And this was maintained um, four weeks later as well. So that really brief intervention had that positive impact, but interestingly on both body positive and appearance neutral, whereas for social comparisons or appearance comparisons, the extent to which we compare the way we look to other people, that reduced again after the 14 week, a day period, sorry. And then after the four week period, it was maintained a among only the people who saw the body positive content. And then we didn't see any effects on the other variables. So I guess in a a nutshell, what we saw is that viewing body positive or appearance neutral content, a brief amount of it amongst your normal Facebook feed was beneficial for body image up to a month later, which is what we measured. And then body positive content in particular was beneficial for social comparisons. Nice. Very neat findings. Would you say there was anything that surprised you? Uh, I think um, what surprised me was, yeah, just how we we also measured how much of this content people saw because it was just posted. Then we didn't force them to look at it, which is what sometimes happens in experimental research. So we also checked had they actually seen the content that we were posting. And on average, people saw about one of the three posts a day. So it's not a huge intervention. It's it's really low dose, low intensity, very little effort for people. And the fact that we saw improvements in body image up to four weeks later, I think was really positive um, and suggests that, you know, we can be thinking of these innovative ways to improve body image in amongst more in-depth interventions like workshops and schools or therapeutic approaches. We were surprised that the appearance neutral condition also produced um, reductions in body dissatisfaction um, because we hypothesized that it would just be the kind of body positive content. Uh, But interestingly, I think we don't know exactly why, but what we hypothesize to explain that is it may have like kind of disrupted some of the appearance ideal content or replaced some of that content that they were seeing. Um, And interestingly, my PhD research, which was quite a while ago now, we sometimes found, you can sometimes find a relief effect by not being exposed to appearance ideal imagery, even if it's not something that's directly challenging that, like which body positive content might be. So sometimes we call that a relief effect where, you know, something quite neutral is having a beneficial impact. So um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting um, to think about, but certainly I think what it suggests is we need to do more research looking at the potential positives for this type of content 
But then the next step would be, okay, well, how do we make sure that more people see this content? Because the people in our study, they were um, 159 Australian women aged 18 to 25, and they weren't following any of that BOPO content initially. Right. Um, so sometimes if you're already following that content, you know, maybe the effects would be less. But so what we need to be thinking about is how do we get people who might not be engaging with authentic BOPO content to be exposed to it so that they can have those benefits? Yeah, absolutely. That's so important for us to be thinking about. And I guess for anyone listening who wants to have a more positive experience when it comes to body image on social media, the takeaway from this study is to follow more body positive content. And then the way to do that, just to say, um, when we were looking at the research prior, when we were designing the study, is this is not the first study to look at the impact of body positive content. Um, there are, is some other research and there was a great um, study. I think it was Rachel Cohen and colleagues published it and basically compared, they analyzed the body positive content that came up either through the hashtag of body positivity and related hashtags or accounts that were kind of popular and known for that content. And what we saw was it was um, the authentic, when I say authentic BOPO content, I, I mean the content that's actually really closely aligned with the origins of body positivity as well as body appreciation, rather than sometimes you'll see that hashtag of BOPO and it's actually fitspiration content or something quite problematic. And they actually found that you were more likely to see authentic BOPO content if you're on the pages of people who are known for that, because they're more right. likely to be, you know, in larger bodies or diverse sized bodies, skin shades, et cetera, and plus posting content in alignment with those themes. Whereas if you seek it out via the hashtag, sometimes you will get a mixed bag and you might actually see some quite problematic content. Yeah, that's really important to highlight. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so I think we've given or you've given our listeners a really good teaser into the study. And if they're interested to read more, the link will be in our episode show notes. And so before we wrap up talking about this study, is there anything else that you want to share? Uh, I think just for the researchers who might be listening, I think it would be really great to see more research looking at how we can use social media as an intervention to improve people's lives because, you know, it's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, and I think increasingly the platforms are becoming more interested in learning about how they can improve and create safer spaces. So I think more research showing what changes could be made or what type of content is helpful um, in amongst the research looking at the harms would be really beneficial. Yeah, 100% hard agree. Um, thank you so much, Philippa. This has been great. Uh, before I can let you go, we like to end our summer short series with a spin on our cake question. And so I'm curious to know what's your favourite current summer snack? I mean, people always think this is like quite strange and boring, but my favorite meal is salad um, in general. Maybe it's my Australian roots and growing up by the beach. But one salad I really love um, to have during summer is watermelon, mint, and um, sometimes just watermelon, mint, lime and black pepper. Or you can go wild and mix it up and have a bit of feta in there as well um, and maybe some balsamic glaze. Delicious. Love that. And I personally would have better every time. Um, Philippa, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was great to hear more about the study and look forward to having you back on Appearance Matters sometime soon. Yeah, thanks, Nadia. Fun to be here. Always a good time. So thank you so much for listening to Appearance Matters, the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please do remember to share, subscribe, rate and review. It really does make a difference. And join us next week for our second summer short.